And Christ is all that we do need. Amen. Amen. Also, but um, Brother Houston brought me some papers. If you know a veteran that is maybe going through some difficult struggles and so forth, and especially if they're homeless, there is uh, some, uh, some information on the bulletin board there. Please look at that. Get that information to them. There's actually a, a phone number and stuff that they can call, that we can call and get, get them some help. And so if you would look at that, if you know of a veteran that is in need of some help. All right, take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. And if you would, please stand again for the reading of God's Word, if you're able to. Colossians chapter 3. We've been in a series on Wednesday nights uh, for quite some time now that is dealing with the names of Christ. We've titled it The Power in That Name. There's so much power in the name of Christ. So many things that the Lord wants to teach us and, for, and to direct our lives even through His name. When you, do a, when you begin to look at His name and I have an understanding... When, uh, that's pointing at me. I, got, I didn't have my mic on or something there. But anyway, we've... Um, when you look at his name, there's so many things for us to learn from his name. I think that one, one of the things that uh, we fail to do, we just read over the names of Christ, and we just think, that, well, that's Jesus. But he's trying to teach us something. He's trying to tell us something. It's just like your name. If, if I didn't know you uh, and uh, say I walked up to, to you and, and let's say that your, your name was Dr. John Hopkins, and uh, I'd say, well, you're a doctor. Yes, you are. I found out something about you. You're a doctor. And I say, John Hopkins, I've heard of a hospital by that name. Are you any related to that hospital by any coincidence? As well, yes, actually that was my from named after my father or whatever it might be. And I learned a little bit more about you by your name. And then all of a sudden somebody runs up and says, Papa, Papa. And I look at you and I say, well, you must have children. Well, yes, I do, and this is my grandchild. I learned something else about you. Um, if the police drive up and say, Mr. Hopkins, you get in this car, and they put cuffs on you. I find out something else about you <laughs> and uh, so forth, but uh, we hope that we don't see anything like that. But anyway, the names of Christ tell us, tell us some things about a person, about Jesus Christ. But there's some things that we are to learn, and there's lessons in his name, and there's admonition in his name there's exhortation in his name that guides us directs us and helps us to grow in him and to know him better if i'm going to know you i need to it's kind of like this uh when <laughs> and i probably shouldn't say when when christy and and uh charles first started coming quite some time back i know it's been quite a while back uh, i was calling her christine christine we stand at the door, shake her hand. Christine, good to have you, good to have you. I didn't know her very well. Christine, here, I thought I was doing good. I was, I was remembering her name, Christine. One day my wife said, her name is not Christine. <laughs> I said, it is too. I've been calling her Christine all this time. She's never said a word about it. Her name is Christine. It is not Christine, it's Christy. <laughs> so she comes through the line next time, I said, can I ask you something? She said, sure. I said, is your name Christy or Christine? She looks at me and says, Christy. <laughs> so there's some people with their name, they're just going to create problems. <laughs> 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 Col 
Colossians chapter 3, we better read, amen. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affections, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on, on the children of disobedience. In the which case ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye, are also, now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication, out of your mouth, lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. And he's talking, Paul's talking here, he said, listen, you, you've been saved, you've been changed. There should be a difference in your life. You've been changed, you're not the same person. He goes on, he says, and put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Now, otherwise, he said, there's, there's one that created you, and you're to... You're to put on the image of him. You're to be like him. Who is it? That's Jesus Christ. He goes on and he says here, he's in verse 11, he says, Where there is neither Greek nor Jew nor circumcision nor, nor uncircumcision, barbarian nor Sinethian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on therefore the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, Humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If you, any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And he's talking about here as he's listing these things. Look at the comparison to these things that he spoke about in verse 5 and 6, where the wrath of God was against those things. He said, hey, listen, there's been a change. He said, these are the things that your life should be like goes on, he says, and above, and above all these things, put on charity, which is love, and there is the charity of giving also, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or in deed, or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Look back with me in verse 11. It says, Whether, Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, bar, barbarian, Sinethian, bond nor free, but Christ is all. Look at that. Christ is all and in all. I'd like to preach a message titled, Christ is all and in all, and let's pray. Father, we come to you and asking your blessings upon the preaching of thy word. Forgive us, Lord, where we've sinned and failed you even this day. Help us, Lord, to lift you up. May we put aside, Lord, the thoughts of the day and the thoughts of tomorrow, Lord, and may we zero our hearts and minds in upon the preaching of thy word, Lord. May you speak to our hearts. May our Lives be open and free to the work of the Holy Spirit to guide and direct and to do that which is pleasing unto you. And Lord, draw us near to you. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you. Let's pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated.
we come to, if we was to back up in Colossians, you, you'll find that he's talking about the preeminence, putting Christ first in your life, be, actually be before first place. When you get to this point here, he kind of changes a, a little bit, and he, we come to a portion in Colossians where Paul insists that Jesus Christ must be made preeminent in our lives. Uh, and so that we, and we hear the term dedication, you know, when you, when you talk to people, you've heard people say, I rededicated my life, or we need to have a life that is dedicated unto the Lord. But when you begin to think about a, a dedicated life unto Jesus Christ, that is putting him first, that's that preeminence in your life, uh, you're going to make him preeminent in your life, then you're going to have to live out his life down here through you. You say, say that again. You're supposed to live out his life in you or and through you that this world might see Jesus Christ. You see, you can't live the Christian life, and I can't live the Christian life. It's got to be Jesus Christ living that life through us. Amen. And so when we see that and we understand that, that you say, well, that's almost impossible to do. Well, not really. Even though it seems impossible, we, we're going to look here tonight at how Jesus is all that we need in order to live for him. And actually, because Jesus is all and in all. Okay? You say, well, where's the name at? Well, the name and the title there that we use in this series here is Jesus or Christ is all. Christ is all. Because that is his title. He is all. He's all sufficient. He's all. And we'll go through a few of those things. But he is all. You say, well, I don't understand it. Well, maybe you will as we get into it. But he is all. First of all, by, by this name of all, he's the creator of all. You say, well, okay, I understand that. Well, in order for him to be the creator, that makes him Lord. In John chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Wouldn't you say that's all? All was made by him. Everything. Absolutely everything. He created all things. You say, well, we, we made this and we made that, not without what he gave us to make it with. It's like a fellow said one time, he said, well, you know, I don't believe that there's a God, and, and, and we, can, we can create our own things and everything. And, and the man looked at him, he said, okay. He said, let's create a tree. He said, no problem. And he reached down and grabbed up some dirt. He said, get your own dirt. And he can't do that. Why? Because God created that. No man has created dirt. He said, "Well, we can create dirt. We can take the leaves and the and the and, and the and the decaying uh, 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 weeds and grass and everything, and we can let that decay, and that goes back into and will turn back into dirt. But you used what God made to make that. He created all things. He is all." Uh, by, by this name, Christ is all, comes the understanding that he is the creator of all things. There was no evolution from ape, uh, from ape to man. No big bang that formed the intricate details of this world and the intricate details of every living plant and animal and creature. When man begins to think, that oh, it just happened by uh, happenstance, it takes more faith to believe in the big bang and evolution than it does to believe in the uh, divine creator. The fact is, is that he has created all things. Colossians 1.17 says that he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Christ is all. In this name of Christ is all, he's wanting you and me to understand 
that without him there would be nothing. You're sitting here and I'm standing here tonight and without him you would not be here. I would not be here. Without him there would not be daylight. There would not be sunshine. There would not be rain. There would not be oxygen. There would not be plants. There would not be this earth. There would not be stars. There would not be a moon. There would not be a sun. There would not be a universe. He created all things. My friend, when you sit here and you begin to think about that, that he has created, created absolutely everything. And when you consider that he's the creator of all things, that would make him God. He is your creator and he is, he is to be your God. There was and is a creator and that is Christ. He's all. And then that makes him God, which makes a demand that he is Lord which places man and his creation under his authority. The problem today in most people's lives is that they do not want to be under the authority of the creator, the one that created them and created all things. They want to do their own thing. But my friend, if you was to uh, uh, build a, a, um, an automobile in this day and time with all the technology and everything that we've got as one of those self-driving vehicles and and you put it on the street, you go outside to, uh, to get in, and it's gone. So you get to looking around somewhere, and you find it parked down at, the, at, at, at some, some other place, and, and you walk up to it, and this thing can talk to you. It's got a computer, and you say, why, what are you doing? He said, I just thought out the car, said, I just thought I'd go for a stroll. <laughs> well, that's not going to work. Because I made you. And you start to get in the car and it automatically locks the door so you can't get in. And it drives off without you. And you have to flag down a taxi cab with a driver in it and get in a taxi cab and say, follow that car. He said, who's driving? He said, It stops someplace and you get out and you walk up and you got your little key fob or whatever it is. You push the button to pop the trunk and the trunk pops open and closes real quick. The door's unlocked. You start to get in. They lock again. It takes off. Before long, you're going to say, why did I make this thing? I can't even use it. Did you ever stop and think about the Lord in the midst of his creation? Really, the only thing out of God's creation that doesn't follow Him is you. The birds know when to fly south. The bear knows when to hibernate. Unfortunately, the pigs know when to come out. creation except for man obeys the creator. And in this name of Christ is all, he wants man to understand, I am your creator. I am your authority. When we speak of Jesus Christ, we're speaking of the one that formed us in the womb, who put forth breath into our nostrils, who causes our heart to pump, our ears to hear, our eyes to see, 
and place before us the ability to receive him as our Savior and God. He put a free will within us. Yet he wants us to know that he is creator of all. He is Christ is all. Then we find that since Christ is all, he's the preserver of all. In Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 6 it says, Thou, even thou art Lord alone. Thou hast made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all the things that are therein, the seas and all that are therein, and thou preservest them all. Thou preservest them all. And the host of heaven worshipeth thee. What keeps the ocean in its bounds? The one that preserves it. Did you ever stop and think about we, we take for granted rain, we take for granted, you know, uh, it, did you ever think about the fact that the, the rivers are continually flowing into the ocean? But then the Creator who preserves the rain and preserves the ground and the rivers so that we can have the water, the fresh water, causes a cycle to bring that water to evaporate and come back into the clouds and you get rain and He holds the bounds of the sea back. He holds this earth together. It's spinning. I don't know what the, 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 the speed of the earth is, but it's the spinning of it, and, and it doesn't fly apart. Isn't it amazing that here we are on this earth, on this planet, this thing is spinning, and we're walking around. He said, well, that's no big deal. Well, let me take you out there and put you on that merry-go-round and let us start spinning and see how well you walk around. <laughs> but he preserved us all. Job, in Job chapter 7, verse 20, says, I have sinned. What shall I do unto thee? And notice what he says here. He says, O thou preserver of men. Not only does he preserve the things that he's created in this world as far as the earth, the sea, and, and everything that's there, but uh, he preserveth man. He's a preserver. He takes care of us. To be preserver is to maintain and or to protect. Never is his ear unable to hear the cry of his creation or is his hand unable to protect and maintain uh, that which is his. He is all in all. He, since Christ is all, he is the preserver of all. He holds it together. Do you realize tonight that everything is held together by the hand of God? He's a preserver. Though Satan would seek to destroy each of us, every one of us, we, uh, we have a, a preserver of all, and that's Jesus Christ. Now, I don't think that we, we understand the spiritual battle that's going on. We could go over to Ephesians and, and look at the, the spiritual battle over chapter 6 here, talking about the, 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 the war that is waged. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a darkness. It's a, it's a world of, it's a spiritual battle that's going on all around us right now. But he is a preserver, his hand that keeps Satan from destroying you and I. He had to get permission to even touch the flesh uh, of Job. And I don't think we stop and realize that when we go through our day and we just, oh, what a good day. You know, everything was fine. You know, I didn't run over and everybody had something to eat. And, and I got some money to pay the bills and I'm just doing good. 
And we never stop about the and stop to think about Satan would desire to kill everyone, but there's the hand of God that preserved them. He said that uh, those that fear him, the, the angels of the Lord encampeth round about them. Yes, amen. What are they doing around about us? They're preserving us, they're protecting us. And the reason that they are is because Christ is all. He's the preserver of them. And yet we take it so lightly when we consider that. And yet he wants us to see that he is all and that he's in all. You can pillow your head tonight in the darkness of the night and have confidence that the Lord's eye is open continually and he sees your every need. Jesus is all in salvation. John 14, 6, and Jesus said, I, saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And notice this, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. That would mean that he is it. He is all. You can't get saved any other way. There's no ability of man to save his own soul. There's no ability of man to take away his own sin. There's no ability of man even to live above sin because we have a sin nature. And Jesus said, I am all. I am the only way. I am all. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. He is all in salvation. You cannot get saved through good works. You cannot get saved through church membership. You cannot get saved through uh, the baptistry. You cannot get saved through uh, doing communion. You cannot get saved by, by going through the, uh, 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 the different classes and things that a lot of churches use. My friend, it's only in Jesus Christ. Nothing plus, nothing minus. He is all in salvation. Salvation is all through Jesus Jesus Christ. John six thirty seven says, "All that the Lord, uh, all that the Father giveth me, shall come to me, and him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out." All, every one. He said, "Every one that will turn to me, he said, I will in no wise cast him out." Ephesians two and verse eight and nine he says, "For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast." There's nothing that we can do that will merit salvation. It's Jesus Christ in salvation. He is all in salvation. Too many people today are trying to uh, uh, do all these other things to try to to satisfy the sin debt that every one of us owes. Every one, the Bible says. For the wages of sin is death. That's a sin debt that we owe. And they're trying to, to, to satisfy a sin debt. But they can't satisfy. Why? Because only Jesus Christ can satisfy that sin debt. He's all in salvation. And that man Christ is all. He's trying to tell us that. He's saying, I'm all that you need to have eternal life. You don't have to have all that the world says you need. Jesus Christ is all in our hope. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. My hope's not in this world. My friend, if your hope is in yourself, You'll fail yourself. 
Boy, we set out to do good. We set out to, to get rid of this habit or get, do this in our lives, to change this in our life. And guess what happens? We fall back into the same old trap. We fail ourselves. But Jesus Christ is all in our hope that we have for eternity. If your hope is in others, they're going to fail you. If your hope is, is in things, they'll disappear one day. If your hope is in government, well, we've all seen what that'll land you in, a great disappointment. Christ said, I'm all the hope that you need. I'm all. Our hope is to be in Christ who is all in our hope. Then Christ is all in judgment. Christ is all in judgment. Understand this. It's so important today. We live in a day and time when people draw from this and draw from that and they make judgments of people and say, well, I'm good enough or they're not good enough or whatever. But there is one judge. And that's Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 14 and verse 10 it says, But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? And notice what it says here. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. All of us. He's the judge. He's all in the judgment. For it's written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Every one of us. My life should not be about pleasing self or about man, but it should be about that which is pleasing and right before the judge of all. You see, so many times today, people are, are getting off track from living for the Lord because they're trying to please everybody else and be a part of everybody else's little group out here. This world out here has got all this stuff, and, and they're saying, boy, you're not with it. You're not a part of this. And so Christians are moving away from the Lord, and they're going this direction, and and they're, they're wanting to, to please man. And they're wanting to please this person and that person. But my friend, I want you to understand something. It's not about pleasing man. It's about pleasing Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. He's the one that died for us. He's the one that preserves us. He's the one that gives us hope. He is all that we need. And without him, we have Nothing. He created all things. Do you realize without Christ you can say that you've got a house and you've got money and you've got lands and you've got, well, just everything? But I'm going to look you straight in the face and say, without Christ you have nothing. Because everything that you look at is going to be destroyed at some point. Long your life. And it'll definitely be gone from your hands one day. Have you ever walked by a casket and looked down and seen a man hanging on to his possessions? Taking them with him? No. His, his possessions are left behind and people fight over them. His bank account does him no good. His bank account is, is split up among the family or pays the bills or whatever it is and, and it does him absolutely no good.
in all that have put their faith and trust in him as Savior. So I want us to see about that, that Christ is all. And from there, I want us to think about this thought tonight a little bit. We need no supplement for Christ is all. I don't know what you do. I, I take vitamins. These are pressure vitamins. Don't do any good. Well, maybe they do, maybe they don't. They're called supplements. To help boost your, your system a little bit. Whether it's vitamin C, you know, it's pretty mad. You, you reach that age and they got a vitamin. You can't give you can't put anything else into your in your life that will make you better than Jesus Christ. He says, where there is neither Greek nor Jew nor circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Sanethan, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. Christ is everything to the Christian. And we need no supplements. He is all. He gave all that we might have all. Jesus Christ gave everything for you and me. He gave his life's blood. He came down. He, he stepped down from the throne in heaven and came and took on the form of, 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 of a man, a servant, and, and, took a, uh, and, and was taken to the cross, was nailed to the cross after being beaten. He died for you. He died for me. He shed his life's blood. Amen. What more could he do for you and me? He rose again from the grave, showing that he is God. That he is victorious over death and hell. That, there, that he can conquer death. He can conquer hell. Amen. And there is no one greater power than he is. Amen. What more can he give us? There's absolutely no supplement. Because he's all. Sometimes we begin to look here, look there. 
thinking that he's not, he can't handle my problems. He don't know how, I, I, I'm going through this. And, and My friend, he's all that you need. Christ is all. Colossians 1.20 says, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. You see, Christ, he is Christ before us as our pattern. You can't find a better pattern than Jesus Christ. Trying to live in this world, trying to make decisions, he's the one you ought to go to. He's the pattern. He's the example. He's to be Christ in us as our life. Otherwise, allowing him to live his life through us, that our life may bring honor and glory to him. And he's Christ for us as our righteousness. The Bible says our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. It's only by the righteousness of Jesus Christ that we can have eternal life. That we can be acceptable by, unto the Father. Because it's, he, the Bible says that he imputed his righteousness unto us. Otherwise, when you receive Jesus Christ as his Savior, it's like he has a garment of righteousness that he places upon you and me that covers up our unrighteousness. And then when the Lord looks unto man, he sees the righteousness of his Son, not your righteousness. He's all that we need. Doesn't matter what day or what night or what hour of the day or what hour of the night, he's there. So therefore, since he's all and in all that receive him, Christ is not limited in our lives or should not be limited in our lives. When we look at our lives, is he limited? Do we limit him? It's an amazing thing. The only thing that the Lord has ever allowed to limit him is man. And he's allowed that. He's allowed man to say, no, I don't want him. He's allowed man to disobey him. He's allowed man to, to run from him. He's allowed man to, to, to curse him. He's allowed man to, to say that he don't exist. Nothing else in creation can or does. Nothing else. But he's allowed that. But since he's all, and in all that have received him, he's to be all in our lives. Our lives are to be about him. You say, well, preacher, I've got a family. How can my life be about him and not about my family? Oh, my friend, if, if, you're, if you make your life about him, your, your life and your, about your family will be the greatest that it could ever be. Amen. Well, I'm married, and, and you know, uh, and my husband and my wife, and I've got to, you know, I've got to put time in him, I got, you know, and all that. I got all that. If you love him and make him all of your life, you can, you love your husband and your wife, whatever it is, the better than you ever could think possible. And their kids, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to church with them, but you know what? We've got to have family time. And so, you know, we can't be at those uh, preaching all the time, and we 
can't, you know, we can't be uh, as involved. Or, and we've got to have family time, you know. Let me tell you something. You put the Lord first and your family time will be many times better than it ever could be. When you make him. You're just like a flat tire. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He wants to do something in your life. He wants your life to be a pleasure to him. He therefore deserves our all, not just half or one-fourth, but our all. What I'm talking about, so many, to many, Jesus Christ doesn't get their, doesn't get anything but leftovers. When you can do it, yeah, or when, when it works out for you, or when it's your convenience, you'll live for him, you'll pray, or you'll read your Bible, or you'll tell somebody about Christ, or you'll get involved here, or, or if it's convenient, or if it, or, and we give him the leftovers when he is all. So then if Christ is all, and in all, should not we likewise give him all of our lives? The song that we sung tonight, our best. Let me read it for you. Because many times we sing them and we don't pay attention to the words. But listen to these words. Hear ye the master's call. Give me thy best. For be it great or small, that is his test. Do then the best you can, not for reward, not for the praise of men, but for the Lord. Of course, as every work for Jesus will be blessed. But he asks from everyone his best. Our talents may be few, these may be small, but unto him is due our best, our all. Wait not for men to laud, heed not their slight. Winning the smile of God brings its delight. Aiding the good and true, ne'er goes unblessed. All that we think or do, be it the best. Everything 
about our lives should be about him. You say, well, preacher, that's easy for you to say. You get paid to preach. You get paid to, to serve the Lord and do all that. Can I tell you something? I, I, know, I know a lot of people think that. But I basically was doing what I do now before I ever get a paycheck. You don't own business. Work for your pastor and what he's dying for. You Baptist priest, and you have you Baptist, and we have you Baptist every week. Boom, 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 boom. We have 30, sometimes 40 teenagers. It is about the Lord. that I cannot give him because he's all. You see, you give your all or you'll not give your all to an opportunity to witness if you're not excited about the Lord who is all. You'll not give your all to sing when you stand here or someplace else if you're not excited about the Lord Christ, who is all. You'll not give your all in teaching your Sunday school class if you're not excited about the Lord Jesus Christ, who is all. You'll not do anything else for the Lord and give your all if you're not excited about the Lord Jesus Christ, who is all. Many times today we just kind of skim through and try to slide through. But when you stop and think about it, Jesus Christ is all. He absolutely gave all for. He says, call on me. He says, I'll forgive you. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us what? From all unrighteousness. He has given 
mercies are new and fresh every morning. And we flow in a little repentance, thinking that we've done all that we can do. The name of Christ is all. It's Christ saying, I am all. But then he turns right around and he says, Thank you for the names of Christ that tells us truths and helps us to see that we're to live completely, all, not half-heartedly, not, Lord, a half-hearted life will not win the lost. A half-hearted life for Christ will not help our children and our grandchildren. A half-hearted life will not encourage other Christians. Help us to be all in. Lord, have your will and way. As Christ is in all, help us to realize that he is all. Help us to go all in for him. With this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight with your heads bowed, your eyes closed?